Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello everyone, it's Red Men Radio, the Liverpool podcast. Not what the number? Liverpool podcast. The We still haven't established what number podcast this is. We did ask people for help on this one, so if, you, if, if someone wants to go back to your ACAST and count how many podcasts we've done, that would be a big help, because quite frankly... We're not going to do it. Uh, we're not going to do it. I mean, we, maybe we will eventually, if, still one, if no one steps up to the plate. Um, but I, I'd, I'd like to start numbering the podcast, and if anyone wants to help us, do let us know by tweeting at the Red Men TV. So I was concerned, because we've got nothing back on this for a couple of weeks, um, just a little follow-up from last week's podcast, which was, um, which was expertly attended by... By Mr. Tom Dutton in your absence. Um, we it was a question about whether you'd rather have leg sized fingers or finger sized legs. Yeah. Your quick answer to that question? Leg sized fingers. Wow. Why? I can't, we can't get into it. We spent so long on it last but week. Why? Why wouldn't you want leg sized fingers? Because I said it would fundamentally harm how you interacted with the world. So would finger sized legs? No, because you can have no legs and still get about. You can have wheelchairs, but if you had leg sized fingers. I'm not sure. Anyway, we can't right. do this. We cannot. I'm so no, sorry. We cannot do this again. What happens to the penis if you've got finger-sized legs? Well, you'd be your fine. Your penis is just normal size. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, it's going to look a bit weird. It depends how big your fingers are. It's going to look really no, strange. No, no, it's just, well, maybe it'll make it look bigger. You know, know what I mean? That's well, fine. that's why I shave, Paul. <laughs> but the, we asked someone if they could do a drawing for us of this. Um, thank you very much. Go and check out our Instagram. Uh, which is Instagram.com forward slash the Red Men TV. Obviously, I think having leg-sized fingers would be kind of like being Mr. Fantastic. You could just get things from dead far away. Maybe. You could pick a nose from, from okay, three I could pick yours right now. Three feet away. Like, I yeah, wanted. If you so desire. Scratch that part of the back that you just can't get. Well, there's, 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 we, we've covered this. Listen to last week's podcast if you want me to talk this. It's a substantial amount of time on this, but I thought it was interesting. But yeah, the, the cartoon was sent to us, and I, I actually can't remember the guy's name off the top of yet, but he's credited on, on Instagram. So go look at Instagram to see a rendition of what that would look like if Tom had leg sized fingers Brilliant. and I had finger sized legs. It is tremendous. Anyway, let's get stuck into it. The kickoff question for this week, Chris. Comes... You would land on your balls so often. Why? It would just you, you wouldn't be stable on your on your fingers. What I'm saying is you would. Give, you, what, I, what I'm suggesting is you would give up on walking on your finger sized legs. You just have a wheelchair. You just get about like you had no legs because finger sized legs are not good. They're they're almost as pointless as no legs. You walk on your hands is what you do. You know more than anything else. But anyway, the point is, oh my God, no. Go and listen to the podcast. It's great. You'd have to, you would, I think the, the substantial extra weight in having that, those large fingers would, would change your, 
you did it, you back. I um, think you'd ask... be great for like trying to get Liverpool tickets when they go on sale because you could have about seven computers open and you could reach all of them from one seat mm. and you're just sort of typing away trying to get in and but trying you, to buy tickets. But you might not be able to read the screen from that distance because <laughs> you'd have point, to be actually. quite far, quite you'd far need away. magnifying glasses. Well, yeah. I would. Uh, yeah, there's a whole host, of, a whole host of problems and solutions. There is no right answer to this other than it's you know finger sized legs. Um, so the kickoff question comes from Jordan underscore Gomez underscore ten. Who would win a Royal Rumble out of the top six managers? Don't give me an answer. I want to. I want you to talk me through it. Okay, Wenger's dead. Just if he gets, he can get thrown over the top rope, and he would die. Arsene Wenger to me. Do you ever remember Giant Gonzalez in the wrestling? No. So he fought The Undertaker in like WrestleMania 9 and he was like seven odd foot tall and they put him in this mad hairy bodysuit and he couldn't wrestle basically and it, and it was her, Wenger's that because he's big he's a tall he's man tall, yeah. but I don't feel that he has got mo- mobility at the this only, point. I, the only thing I think he'd have going for him is he looks the type of person to poke you in the eyes old mm. school maybe throw a bit of dust in your face or something mm. and then a little poke but I think he's not getting you over the top he's rope he's not getting you over the top rope yeah. I, I think he'd die if he was thrown over the top rope so I wouldn't want him in there well he's in there well he's dead then <laughs> sad so uh, that's so that's no to Arsene Wenger Jose Mourinho I think he'd win you think he'd win? I think he'd win. Because of the type of a football manager he is, he's the guy who gets thrown over the top rope, clings on with their life. Everyone thinks he's out. He waits until the guy, and it'll be Jürgen Klopp, celebrating in the middle of the ring, and then he'd roll back under and fucking just throw Klopp over. And it's proper Mourinho, that, and it's just his football tactics played out in a wrestling ring. See, I have, I, see, I have that more down as a, as a Conte or a Pochettino move. I have Mourinho more down as the... Like the new age outlaws, like clinging to the corner, like on the floor maybe, underneath the maybe. bottom rope, like scumbagging his way yeah. through it. He'd maybe. come in, you know, maybe like a Ric Flair or a Rick the Model Martel, looking for a, a record length in the rumble. But I get the, it depends on whether he's seen as the weasel at the time or whether he's seen as the hot heel. Because if he's the hot heel and he wins, I think he, I think he's right, he, he does win. But if he's seen as the weasel, which he is in my federation, um, he gets he tries all the scummy techniques and then. He celebrates too much when he thinks he's eliminated someone, and Klopp just basically clotheslines from hell. See, I, th- I think, oh, clothesline from hell. I've not considered that as a Klopp move. I was thinking the big foot, you know, the the foot to like the, the face, Hulk, the Hulk Hogan big big boot. Yeah, I was thinking that would be a Klopp move, like mm. very much. So just okay. straight in the face. So we'll, we'll come on to we'll come on to Klopp a little bit more. I think. Conte Conte and Pochettino for me if I'm perfectly honest are neither here nor there Conte would lose because let's say he takes Pochettino out Mm. he's the prick who's celebrating at the ropes maybe yeah oh yeah absolutely over celebrating someone comes up from behind just chucks him out yeah I think he'd be a formidable foe in the wrestling ring. I really yeah. do. I think but he's got his downsides. He's coming with a lot of bluster. He's also the sm- actually no, he's the second smallest competitor in there. Who's Mourinho being the smallest. the smallest? So he's five ten. Conte to Mourinho's five nine. So the little scra- the little scrappers. I mean, I know five ten's a decent height. It's a good height. Five ten and a half, Paul. <laughs> Only on your tiptoes. <laughs> um, <laughs> the. Um, why do, you think I, why do you think I like my Nike so much? They add an inch. <laughs> you lift, you Nike lift. Um, Guardiola? Guardiola. Yeah, I see him as a as a high flyer, Rey Mysterio type of a, a wrestler, <laughs> to be bust. honest. Yeah. 
Solid. I had him with a Rexels of Execution. Oh, really? Bit of a, bit of a technician is okay. our, our pet. I wonder if, if position-wise has anything to do with like Mourinho, never a footballer. Jürgen Klopp, centre-half, right-back. Conte, centre-mid. Wenger, no idea. Just a, just giant Gonzalez. Guardiola, DM. Pochettino, centre-half. Like, like I said, I, I think in terms of it being a physical fight, I think realistically it would be Pochettino, Guardiola, Klopp, and Conte are the ones. You know, if it was a bit more seriously a serious physical encounter, I think these would be the ones to handle themselves. I and is it just is it just bias? But I can't see past Klopp winning this. The only way is I think if Mourinho does what I said earlier on. I think that's the that's the only way that Klopp loses. He's bigger. I think he's stronger. He looks like a bit of a fighter as well, to be honest. You know, he's, he's a bit nuts. Like, mm. you, you wouldn't want to get in a ring with Jürgen Klopp. Like, Look, I think he's the winner. Here's the thing. You know, they come in every 90 seconds or two minutes. Uh, the buzzer goes. How's Klopp getting in there? He's running. Ultimate warrior style. Yeah. He is barreling towards it. He slides in and he just starts throwing roundhouse punches. And I suspect the first one to get a dig there is like... I, I'm saying all five guys are probably in the ring at this point. Wenger gets a punch to the face and he stumbles back in his sleeping bag coat because he can't move his feet too much and he just battles over the over the top bin. And that, I could see Klopp clearing out a couple very early on yeah. in that regard. Yeah, I've got I've got him as a as a as a, an Undertaker stroke Brock Lesnar style figure in in this. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Like it. So I'm go, I'm going I'm going Jürgen. Listen, this is a Liverpool podcast, and so if you think Jürgen doesn't win this, you're not you're not you're not in the right place. Listening to this, you're wrong. <laughs> but if you want to make a, a, a comical suggestion on how it might go wrong for Jürgen and how his over-exuberance might backfire against him, please do let us know. <laughs> he um, runs in and just runs straight over the top rope as he misses a, <laughs> as he misses a punch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's too busy focusing on offence and forgets to defend himself. He's a heavy metal wrestler. Oh, yeah, he comes in like Legion of Doom style. Like, yeah, I could, I could, I could get behind that. Um, okay, great. So He'd wear the spikes as well. I think he'd, they'd suit him. Mm. Yeah, get behind that. Coming on a, oh yeah, running all coming on a Harley. Or a hog, a hog. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, so those of you watching the video version of this podcast, which is on the RedmenTV.com, of course it is. You know that by now. Um, we'll notice a new addition to the studio. We've got right here. Uh, we're at the Northwest Football Awards on Monday night. We were, as you can see, victorious. Um, it was. It's very nice winning stuff, isn't it, Chris? It's lovely. Mm. And it's a very nice trophy. It is a very nice trophy. Now, we've got the Football Blogging Awards ones from a couple of years ago. It's about three years ago and four, and four years ago. And I like them, but they're very flimsy by comparison to this. This is a solid, like someone breaks into your house and you you need to reach for a weapon. It's a good weapon. Yeah, solid. Heavy. I'm pretty sure that's what used to kill um, the guys, Harrison Ford's wife in the future. I'm not sure it would be a great thing to kill someone with, though. Because your fingerprints would stay all over all it. Like, over it, it, it yeah. is finger, it is fingerprinty. Yes, it's um, like the Lombardi trophy. The what? Oh, I'm gonna put fingerprints on it. There you go. So it says, "Fan TV Channel of the Year, the Redmen TV for the Northwest." Um, and they've got the branding on the Redmen TV, right? Yeah, they spaced it correctly. There's, there's no capital M. I mean, that's that is largely my fault for making RMTV a thing. I understand people's mistakes on that. That's all on me. But nevertheless, they have got it right, which is something to be commended. And what is even funnier is I think there's... 
there's highlights of the event going out next Thursday, I think, which may well include your um, interview for oh the BBC. Dear. Oh, dear. What did I say? It wasn't what you said, it was how you said it. <laughs> Thanks for the free beer. <laughs> Don't drink Prosecco beer and wine on a school night, kids. Mm. Yeah, how are you feeling today? Rough. <laughs> Rough as a badger's arse, Paul. You said you claimed in the video but in the, the, you thought you felt your hangover would only be moderate today. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember saying that. <laughs> I was wrong regardless. It's, it's not been moderate. It's been painful. Absolutely. So I had a little lie down and a shiver there for 30 minutes before. Bad one. It was one of those decisions because I, I drove, but you left your car here. So you had to get up and get the bus. What else did you leave here? My coat. Fucking <laughs> oh, <you know. laughs> I barely remember the bus journey, Paul. I barely remember having the kids for two hours this morning. <laughs> I think Lyra fed me. <laughs> She's one, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, the event. Um, I tried I to eat a turkey and cranberry butty for breakfast. I couldn't what, even finish what it. What inspired that? It's Christmas. Fine. That's a stock answer for the next six weeks. I'll have that. Um, for what you remember of the event, it was good. Yeah, it was decent. Anymore? No. The food was good. Mm. The food was very good. Yeah. The whole thing was good, actually. It was. The best part, and we, we will come on to it later, was the Brian Kidd stuff. I thought he was fucking brilliant. There were two things that were really good for me, and just on a, on a serious tone, there's a there's a group called the Offside Trust, yeah. and they're a charity that's been set up. You know, obviously all this stuff came out this this year from Dan Taylor's article on the Guardian um, about all basically like the, a lot of the sexual abuse that was happening, the historic sexual abuse throughout all levels of football and what have you. One journalist of the year for that as well. Yeah. Um, and in the northwest, the offs and the offside trust basically set up to help support footballers and and, and sports people and whatever have been have been affected by that. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Which I initially was, I was like, wow, that's like that's heavy going. But you know what? It, it is the thing with the greatest respect to the football blogging awards, which you know we've had a good time at over over the years. It's, it was the difference between a pr proper a professional established thing, and you know, I know look. Anthony who runs football blog was a great guy and it you know he, he set it up and I thought I actually think it's it's missing from the from the calendar needs to be something that fills that fills that space for our industry um but to be invited to it one way again you know Liverpool senior players there but like obviously Gary McAllister's there and the Liverpool ladies players who were up for things yeah, there gigs and, and the Neville gigs brothers, and brothers and exactly you know then like some a, company turns up yeah exactly so there was you know it was a proper proper event which you know f was a real uh, I think a real, I guess like a, a positive, a real plus, a real, you know, thing ticked off the list as far as us, us what we're doing as Redmen and what the, our, I say, our industry's doing to be able to gain recognition. I think there's one thing being added to a vote where it's, it's all fan votes and it's all X, Y, and Z, you know, but to be, I mean, that's the, you know, it's the 10th year of that. I, I feel like, we, we're having this conversation, I feel like there was another iteration of it along those lines, the, the, the proceeding and what have you. It's a, Proper serious established event that the clubs all get it from the northwest all get involved. Well, in yeah, li to be considered li Liverpool was great. representatives were there and stuff as yeah. well, weren't they? All 
So yeah, absolutely. And fantastic. there's a real focus on some of the stuff. I mean, obviously the players and, and and you know James Milner was on it on the evening and stuff as well. But there was a real focus on the community side of what the clubs are doing mm, in the northwest yeah. as well, which you didn't get at the football blogging awards, did you? I mean, the the, the way they did the offside trust initially, I was like, wow, this is same as you, really heavy, but. When he started speaking it through, you're like, this is a f- great platform for them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, uh, you know, it's something that I'll take away from it and stuff. But then the, the, the fact that they, they spend so much time doing on what the clubs are doing in the communities and stuff like that as well, it, it shows that there's a real focus on the North West as a community, and that's right. What was the one thing that they got horrendously wrong on the night? Uh, there was no wine on the table until after the starter. Wow. <laughs> wow. You've gone there, okay. Um, no, it was the claim that Gordon Banks was dead. They did a video package they did. of all the people in, in football who died over the past year, and they put Gordon Banks, former England goalkeeper, Gordon Banks in amongst that list, and then 20 minutes later had to make a public apology because Gordon Banks is very much alive. But they didn't apologise for the no wine in the start until after the start. No, not as, big a, not as big a deal as claiming one of the greatest English internationals Depends of all time. Depends where you sat, though, Paul, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, they, they dropped the ball. They, 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 they had a good laugh for that as the, as the night pursued. But anyway, listen, if you, if, you, if you listen to the podcast, I know the podcast is a relatively new thing, um, but if you if you got onto it via there and you voted, thank you very, very much. Obviously, people are watching the video version, the subscribers, you guys, the core of what we do. Um, I suspect the, the vast majority of our votes will have come from the people who already subscribed to the, to the website. So again, thanks very much. It's it's one of those things. That, look, unfortunately for our industry, I say fortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, there's still yet to be a proper like a proper judges panel because I don't think they know how to judge this. They've added it and they've done it to the public vote because A, publicity, but also B, I don't think they would, their panel of judges, which included like Kevin Davies and a load of random people, would have no concept of how to judge. And to be fair, did have probably give it to full time devils <laughs> just because they've got more subscribers than us. So I'm grateful that we it was was the public vote. I'm grateful the people who watch and listen to, to, to Redmen um like us enough to take the time out so yeah thanks very much this award is 100% dedicated to you guys um, but it will stay here um, we'll look after it we'll you. take care of it, it will, we'll find a nice place for it on the set and that will be fine and you can visit it every Uncensored Match Build Up show um, so one thing that that really kicked me off into the podcast from last night Chris is that for us, it's international week, so there's not masses of stuff happening around Liverpool, and I don't want to steal any content from Steve's. Got to generate a Reds News Roundup show tomorrow, so I, I thought I'd, I'd keep this a, a bit more top line. So Brian Kidd, uh, current co-assistant manager of Manchester City, was 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 honoured um, for his basically it's, it's like a lifetime achievement award, effectively, wasn't it? Vincent Company got up there, as you mentioned earlier. You had Giggs, Neville. Gary and Phil uh, there to just talk about what a great guy he was and, and blah 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 and there was a statement that he made because he, he was asked which team played the better football the current Man City one or the, the class of 92 star one and he completely failed to answer the question very diplomatically of him but what effectively he said but he was, answered that by not answering it. He made, well, yeah, it, it, well, he did accidentally say Man United twice, which was amazing, Freudian slip, when he was trying to say Man City, so effectively answered the question. But what he said was, um, you can't be judged the success unless you put silverware on the sideboard. And he said, that's what makes these, you know, he, he kept calling companies skip, which was amazing. Um, and he said, this is the, the thing about these two teams, they went and, they went and did it. 
you know, and they've gone up there and they've put the they've put those trophies on, on the sideboard, which you know is is nice because it feeds into us quite nicely, makes us feel good about what we're doing. But it really made me think because the way he said it really struck a chord with me because it wasn't like he didn't like it wasn't like a grab the mic and it wasn't like a shouty thing. It was just it was almost an offhand remark. It wasn't like a a a. a, a like a, a spoken by a zealot or anything like that. It was just him. It was like him breathing his truth about football, and I was really taken. Uh, I say really taken aback in a in a good way by that, and it made me think: Do Liverpool have someone like that at the club already? And if not, or well, and who might that be who comes close to it? And if not, do we need someone like that? And who might that kind of character be? Okay, the Liverpool have someone like that at the moment? Mm, probably not, no. Uh, that is the simple answer. Um, do we need somebody like that? Yes, probably. I think you always you always do. And, you know, they don't have to have done it at Liverpool either. You know, they could have come in from somewhere else. But the, the statement, you know, putting silverware on the sideboard is correct. That's what you need to do as a football side. We'll remember the Rafa Benitez side from 2008-2009. We'll remember 13-14. What did they actually achieve? It's very difficult to have the argument about great sides without those trophies to back them up. Because I remember doing a, a, a video with Ball Street a couple of years ago and I had to argue the toss from... I, I, I had to pick which was Liverpool's most exciting team in recent years and what have you and I had to go up against argue against Arsenal's Invincibles and the Barcelona team of like 2010, yeah. 11 or whatever it was 12 um, or beyond that forget the year because they've been boss for so long I had, I had to go back to like the 88 era Liverpool team because that was the last team that was great and also had you know Real, real silverware under it under its belt in terms of league titles and, and what have you. Um, whereas like the thirteen fourteen team, I think was absolutely outstanding. But what's it got? What's it got to show for us? And I, I thought it was quite telling recently because I see a lot of people, people you do this like soapbox and this kind of stuff on Twitter, and and it made me it, it kind of hit home that the the right in some regard. You know, we talk about this idea of celebrating or accepting mediocrity. We we laugh at that statement a little bit, but. That was such a Ronnie Moran statement, you know, like he hated the big heads, and you know Liverpool will win the league title, and they they go they'd be celebrating, he'd be like, great, you won it, and what? Get up there and say, go win it again this year. I'm not asked whether you won it last year, and um, I I like, it's not something that I it, that attitude I don't associate that attitude that Brian Kidd has with Liverpool at no. all, yeah. And it's something that we could very much do with getting back to the foundation of the football club. Yeah, I think I think you're right, mate. I think. You know, he's been there, he's seen it, he's won it. And not only that, he's, he, as you, you said, it's like him breathing before. And it was, you know, he said it like four times, but he wasn't hammering home the points. It was just it's how he spoke about football. It's, yeah. it's what he truly believed. And I've seen If he'd it. been 13, he'd have gone, duh, at the end. <laughs> I haven't yeah. said it. Like, yeah, it was such an obvious like, thing to say. So, there are coaches across different sports. And one of the ones, uh, Bill Belichick from the New England Patriots, he just, he just preaches, do your job. Just do your job, just do your job, just do your job. And yeah. he just keeps on saying it and saying it and saying it and it's become synonymous with him and with that sports franchise and their winners as well. Like, And he just wants people, to, he doesn't want you to do more, he doesn't want you to do somebody else's or this, he just wants you to focus and do yours. Yeah. And if everybody does their job right, they're confident that they'll win more than they'll lose. And it's the, it's the although it's a different statement, it's very much become 
that football club, that American football club, sorry, and you can clearly see that Sir Alex Ferguson, Brian Kidd, maybe Mancini had those elements to them as well. Guardiola's got something about that as well. You see how many titles he's won over the years and stuff, and we just haven't had that. Now, Jürgen Klopp's got those two league titles in Dortmund, but that's not the length and breadth of your career. Mm -hmm. That's two years out of about 16 in coaching or whatever it is as as a a head coach. Not someone like Guardiola who's won about 40 trophies in that time. Yeah. See, I think think Klopp's got it. I think he's the one who... who And I think even Buvac have got it. But I think there's something to... So we've just come and we've just watched the press screen of the Kenny Daglish documentary film and it's it's mind-blowingly good. And there's a bit where George Best... Talking in the seventies, I think in the seventies or eighties, talking about Kenny Daglish, and he says, you know, I, I look at him as a as a, as a as a player, but he's, it's not just what he's done as a player, but out also what he does, you know, all, all, all the things around it. Oh, in fact, I'll tell, no, I'll tell like he, he he said that. I think it was Graeme Souness. In fact, says what he's done as a player, but then also when it comes to being a manager, he's been a great he's been a great player. He's done all this. He commands that respect. And I think, as I say, I think Klopp and and, and Bubash will have that from what from what they've done. But I wonder whether there's this is where we Liverpool having that missing generation mm. to some extent. Like it's Steven Gerrard, but Steven Gerrard not having that league title will always be something. You know what I mean? He's ne- he's just not he can't impart that wisdom upon. Upon a squad to say, yeah. here's how, how you, you get over the line. Exactly. Here's how you get over the line. Exactly, and that's the thing for like again for Brian Kidd. He's done it. You know, he did. He was like three or four Premier League titles under his while he was an assistant manager at Man United. Look, he had a, he had a crappy management career off the back of it. But then to move into, to, into into City after a few years doing a few bits and pieces, he's got that. People say, well, what have you done? Well, that turn around, turn around and do that, and it's. It makes you wonder what Kenny Daglish's involvement actually is with the club because I'd love him. I, I think he definitely has that ability to do that. But whether it's, as you kind of said before, we alluded to, whether there's something outside the box. Yeah, I mean, look, listen, you, you mentioned Stephen Gerrard and he hasn't got that. Unfortunately, Jamie Carragher hasn't got that, but we all talk about him as a defensive coach online and stuff like that. But he's not got it. Mm. You know, there are people out there that will get this football club, that will get club style of football and that will get and we'll have those trophies or the silverware on the sideboard, and maybe it's time to go out and get someone. Gary McAllister? Yeah, he's won a league title. He's won a league title. He's won the treble with us. Um, he doesn't feel like that type of a guy that mm-hmm. we'd need, to be honest with you. I, I think he's he seems comfortable and happy in his life yeah. without all the extra strain and, and stuff that a, a job role like this would be all-consuming. That's it. I mean, the thing is, we had him, you know, we had the very brief spell he had us in, on the management team, didn't he, under Rod, the end of Rogers' reign. It's just a, a shame, because again, in this Kelly thing, and I, again, we'll, we'll be doing more on it this week, but I implore people to please go and watch it when, if they get an opportunity on the pitches or when it comes out on DVD, because it's phenomenal. Um, but it, Alan Hansen's in it, and I'd almost forgotten about Alan Hansen because he's not on telly anymore and all that kind of stuff and this again he's too old and too far removed from things nowadays because I think there is there's a value and that's why like we just could do with someone like who is not so far removed from the modern game like I say Carrigan and Gerrard should be absolutely spot on in so many regards they absolutely are and I, I think we're probably maybe maybe asking for too much to ask for more than what they bring because they've got the love of the club the local lads so they understand the heritage and all that kind of stuff 
and they've got you know obviously a shit ton of silverware to back to, to back it up as well. But whether there's just a, and I don't know who, I, I don't know who that would be. Suggestions, people listening. Of yeah, course, I mean, like a... Sammy Hippie would be there, but has he got that? Has he got more than Gerard and Carragher? Probably not. He's probably got about the same. You know, the league title, have they? I don't know what he did at Willem Two or whatever. Uh, whether he won the league there or not, um, but you know, he's he's in management. He gets the football club. He doesn't strike me as the type of person that would come in and play second fiddle anymore to somebody. Yeah, but it's weird, isn't it? How you Phil, see, Phil you Thompson, happen, Phil Thompson was it for Gerard Hulier. Yeah. and he's probably other than Ronnie Moran, the last guy that we've had doing that. Yeah. Because he had everything. Did he lift the trophy? Sammy Lee as well. Yeah, Sammy Lee as well. He was a really well respected coach. You know, he, he coached for England as well oh, as okay. Liverpool and and stuff. And you know, he, he didn't have a great time at Bolton and stuff. But very, but some people are better coaches than they are managers. Yeah. Um. But the Phil Thompson thing, he's won everything. Yeah. Absolutely, you know what I mean, and he, and he came close as a manager as well. And it's, it's but funny. he won the treble as the assistant manager, didn't he? Yeah, and it's funny because I, I see I see the way ex players talk about stuff sometimes, and I get a bit wound up by the fact that it's like because uh, I think a lot of it. I always think of it as being a bit of bitterness sometimes from ex players, like you know, because they're not playing anymore, and they see this new generation. There's a bit of bitterness and a bit of jealousy that they're able to just play and they're getting the plaudits and the money that they never got and and that kind of stuff without having the, had the success and I think they are a bit critical at times but it did change me thinking a little bit to, the, the, there's just something to having a guy in the club who is completely unimpressed by everything that someone does it's like oh you've got that have you great brilliant well done F- fantastic um, I, I, I've, I've got four of them <laughs> eh? come back in a yeah, few years yeah exactly come come back to me having a having a having a Having a bit of a yard dog at the at, at the club who has that, who's just every player at Liverpool wants to impress, like this weird father figure that you're just desperate to, for for a bit of love and affection from, and won't gi- and won't give it to you because you so it leaves you constantly striving yeah. to get more to make him go well in to give you that. Was it this the thing? Like, the Klopp's not that's not Klopp's man management style. It is to some point. I think everyone craves the hugs, but he still he still get the hugs. Ronnie Rand doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who handed out a lot of. You know what? We hugs. might be we might be looking at this all wrong as you were talking. Then I started thinking about Gerard and Carragher again, and did where did Sir Alex Ferguson get that from? Where did Brian Kidd get this from? Well, Brian Kidd was a European Cup winner with Man United. But Ferguson did days. well. It was at eighty five. He won the Cup Winners Cup with Aberdeen. Something like that. Yeah. Had a few barren years at Manchester United before he really struck gold, as it were, with the class of 92 and whatever. Gerard and Carrigan might be the perfect base to start from, those yeah. type of guys. And let them, You this is what triggered it, you mentioned yardstick. Well, man, let Manchester United be the yardstick. Let, exactly like we were for them. Yeah. The two people with a bit of fire in the belly, Carragher, Gerrard, who want to get Liverpool back over the Manchester United hurdle of league titles. And maybe that's your driving force yeah. rather than the success you've had in the past. No, I think that's, that's perfect. It's funny because I think Man United feel a little bit rudderless in some regards. because, And this is why we, we, we were talking about the, the, the Man United game the other week and why the rivalry is not quite there. It's because it doesn't have that anymore. You know, Man United were built, in Fergie's own words, to knock Liverpool off the fucking pitch. That was, and which is why it, it's always amazing when I when they when I see them critical uh, and they, they laugh at us. Whereas it's daft, but 
we were the opposite, we, you know, the, the opposite force that encouraged them to be as big as they were without a without a, a challenge to overcome. Would they have? Would Ferguson have had to had to drive and do it? You know, he ended up falling a little bit short of his own tar own targets because he'll have had Bob Paisley there to you know what I mean as as, as his driving force and what have you. We could do with having that. You're right. Yeah, it'd be great to have you know have someone who's like. So she comes out and says that, like Man United, great. Well, we want our, we just want our crown back, and we exist to get our to go and do that. Would be a phenomenal attitude to, to have. And I wonder whether I just wonder whether that's something that will come about when, like, you wouldn't say that now, no, because why would you make a rod for your back? Because it's too difficult the job to do well, now. Imagine how difficult it was back then for Ferguson, though. He was thirty. He won thirteen league titles, didn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I no, mean, no. it was ridiculous. Yeah. No, and imagine us being thirteen league titles behind and a manager going, "We're going to knock them off the pitch." Yeah, and I'm going to be the guy to do it. And you're thinking, "Are you for real, mate? Yeah. That's going to take you twenty years." Yeah, and he fucking did it. Yeah, exactly. No, it is. We're only two behind. I think. Yeah, is it two? It's two. It's two yeah. 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 No, Maybe it it's not that difficult. The, no, the problem it, is the problem you've is got social fucking media now. Yeah. That 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 would be that would be well I would say it's not it's not even buying these days is it but that clip of getting wheeled out every time you lost it lost a match and then it'd be someone going where's <laughs> the next clip the difference of course is that Ferguson won thirteen titles in thirteen two horse races during that during that period and you know I get it it, it, it was what it was it's not to denigrate the success of that because God knows I'd, I'd, I'd swap everything <laughs> for us to have a, that, that have that success and what have you. Um, but yeah, you're right. Maybe the fact that, as you say, it's not, it doesn't, it shouldn't be a an insurmountable challenge. It's not. It's not and having to I, catch I, up I, by I, that. Just fact. as a, a little bit, I think that's a little bit disrespectful because it wasn't always the two horse race. No, no, you no, know no. what I mean. But yeah. the majority of them were. What like, I'm saying, yeah, you know, you know, you know the point I'm, I'm driving. You could afford Man United in that era could afford to. The, the the game was different. You weren't expecting to succeed in Europe for the first because you know they had only just gotten back into Europe when the Premier League yeah when the Premier League era began. So they you know Man United did nothing in Europe until they won it in in, in ninety nine effectively because they had that lane and curve and blah blah blah. Whereas for Man United not to be competitive on two fronts and all this kind of stuff, the world the pressures the pressures are completely different these days, aren't they? But it's um. It would be nice, and again, I don't know who that driving driving figure would be. Maybe that's one of those things where we find in years to come that Klopp was the found Klopp sets the foundations, yeah. and it is someone like a Gerard who comes in and goes. You know, again, it's just from me watching this this Kenny thing, and you just he just, I think Gerard's got that quality to him, a Kenny Daglish s quality where he's very quiet and focused. And quite suddenly, he, he, he's the kind of play, person who like Jurgen Klopp's amazing. I, I wouldn't trade Jurgen Klopp for the for the for the absolute world, but I would love Gerard to become that because he has got that thing of where you kind of sit there and you can you can see like, the room falling silent to listen to what Stephen Gerrard's got to say. He carries gravitas. Thanks to that. What he said. That kind of that that, that that'll be the type of manager he is. I think you know someone who's stood on the sidelines and when he talks to Cristiano Ronaldo. There's probably only one manager in the world that who talks to Cristiano Ronaldo and Ronaldo goes, actually, he, was, he might have been better than me. He might have been better than me and that yeah. doesn't fucking happen with Cristiano Ronaldo, does it? Like yeah. so, and, and you'd have that with Steven Gerrard. Literally every player on our pitch would be like, yeah, he was better than me. Like, yeah, that's it. And it would be, be amazing to see some of that. That's why I, the next few years are going to be very interesting in that regard. I want to see what he does with that under-18 side. 
and and what happens to those players coming through because you know we did a bit on social club this week where we talked about like the you know England are starting to reap the benefits of a really good youth system being put in place and there's a load of talk of these there's a couple of players in Gerard's team um who are being touted as being you know big big next stars and I I can't wait for that moment when there's a lad that he's coached for two or three one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The years gets his break and you're like, and you see something in him and you know that Gerard's brought that out of him. I'd love us to get back to that, the boot room. Yeah, absolutely. Style thing, because that's where that's where we've fallen down. That's where we are becoming. We become more every year that passes. We become more and more just another football club, which is what upsets me most about the about about the way we are. You know, losing that little bit of the, the connection hedge. We desperately need to jumpstart that. And it's sad that the only motivation, the only happiness I get from it is hoping that Man United fuck theirs up. Mm. Actually, I think they're not they're not more than a season or two away from totally you know from them being in a similar situation to us, which is lovely. Um, but yeah, fuck them. I'd like them to be. I'd like us to get back to them being. A, I'd also a like. I'd like Gerard. Listen, I want. I want him to. I wanted him to. You know, cut a, cut or learn his trade with the unders and whatever. But I would like to see him go with a group as well. I would like to see maybe a couple of years of of training the unders, coaching the unders, Move managing them, the moving up to the twenty threes. Yeah, exactly. And then seeing, all right, is there a job role at the first team that we can maybe groom him for and stuff like that, like, yeah. and see how he does with those players because then he'll know those players and he'll know their strengths and weaknesses. The whole, the good thing that he might have going for him, and if Brian Kidd's a, 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 could well be a perfect example of this, is that we talk about Jared for the manager's job, but that doesn't necessarily need to be a thing. Mm. You know, we, as we said, you mentioned already as well, the Phil Thompsons and Sammy Lees of this world. There's no be no shame and disrespect in being a great assistant manager at, at the club as well. Liverpool just needs someone, a good, a, you know, a, a solid. I'm, well, I'd say ambassador more involved in that you know a good solid figurehead at the club and you throw it every now and again and just go you know again just get it when they see kids on a line you know Gerard's amazing at it already he's he's probably got we talk about it but he's definitely got a bit of that Ronnie Moran thing hasn't he you know like, he is a very hard man to impress um, 
God knows, having been on the receiving end of a withering Steven Gerrard put down, it puts you in your place very, very, very quickly and makes you question every life decision you've ever made. We definitely need more of that, more of that at the club. Um, so yeah, hopefully, I mean, again, perfect world scenario with Steven Gerrard. But I'm, if people listen, I'd be interested in some some outside the box suggestions if you've got to know people who are around and about now, like the and like I know Zidane was an ex Madrid player and he was you know he was there and done it whether there's someone that we're not thinking of who's either gone on and done good stuff or you know like it, it would the equivalent of that would be a Suarez in five or six years time or something like that would be class Alonso Zab, Alonso Sai Fletcher from downtown has just pulled the answer out the bag that's the right answer that is the correct answer Sai well done so don't bother sending these suggestions in yeah um Forget it. Delete, 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 delete. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, but if you've got any of the well, let's well, let's let's just let's let's run with this for a sec. Javier, Mascarano. Mm. That's another another goal. No, let's run with the Xabi Alonso thing for a second. Okay. What would you? Pochettino style manager. You think he'd be that? Yeah. Is that just because he's like? Hispanic <laughs> not everything's based on looks, but this one is. <laughs> <laughs> the the Zabulonzo thing, I think, is dead. Is is dead right because he is everything we're talking about. He's got he's got Liverpool success, and then he's gone on and played for Real Madrid and Bayern Munich and won everything. He's he's, he's had a decent career, like won the World Cup. It's decent, as I said. Two Euros, edging above decent. Yeah, he, he, he just. Where would you put? Where would you put him? Sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. It's 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 Zabby Men TV. <laughs> yeah, I I yeah I, he he was. I I'm not really considered because I think there was part of me that thought, oh my god, we're going to end up with another situation that we had when we bought him. I still contend to this day. Rafa Benitez was like, Steven Gerrard's getting off, so fine, I'm going to buy Xabi Alonso in. And then he stayed and he was like, ah, shit, how do, how do I play these two guys together? Because as much as they tried to look at it back, oh, look at them, they played well together, they never. Steven Gerrard played right mids, left mid, attacking mids. Ten. He didn't play in his position until Xabi Alonso was gone from that from, from, from the club. Um, so I was very much, like when, I, when he was retired, he announced his retirement, I was like, I wouldn't. Where would you put him if he wants to be in management or coaching or whatever? Could if you've got Gerard managing the under 18s can you bring Xabi Alonso in into the first team coaching setup? I don't know. You'd have to pay him less than Stephen Gerrard, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so Gerard knows you're still the guy, mate. You're still the guy that we want to bring through. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I imagine him as more like a, a, a tactical coach than anything else. I don't see him as a manager for some reason. I, just, I don't know why. I'm not even sure what, what... I don't even care if he wants to be a... You know what? We've done it a bit... I think we've done it... Like, the way we've done it in the past is like, Robbie Fowler, just pop in the academy every now and again. Teach mate, him how to shoot. I have a training session here and then McManaman would pop in and Rob Jones would pop in. I just... Zabby Alonso, for me, should just go and train with the first team. If he wants to stay in shape, you know, doesn't need doesn't need to be you're our tactical coach. It's like again, I've mentioned in the past, it's like the Z- what Zidane was. He's he's an ambassador as such, but effectively he just goes and tra- he's he's at Melwood every day and he just goes out on the pitch. And if he wants to sit in with Klopp and all that and soak all that stuff up, they might find down the line that wow, this guy's got some 
got some ideas Are you that we can start me? To... I think he'd be fucking wasted doing that. Think of all the managers that he's played under. Think of all the f- different type of styles of football that he's played. Yeah. You know, going tick attacker with Spain yeah. and winning the the biggest trophies in world football. Playing under like Mourinho and seeing that side of things at Real Madrid. And was he there for Ancelotti as well? I'm not sure. Yeah, he was. And then Pep Guardiola at Bayern Munich. He knows everybody's fucking tactics in the top six, Paul. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. And how to beat them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And fucking, he yeah. would probably know more than fucking Jürgen. Yeah, yeah. All right, I mean, is you're getting all that. You get all that, but the point is, you don't want to have... Uh, Dabby Alonso, if he's going to have the impact, you don't want him in an office. You want him on the training pitch. You want him there, with, like Ronnie Moran was, with the fucking, with the shortest shorts in the world, just being better at football than all of our players, even though he's old and, ret- and retired. I, yeah, maybe maybe so. Like, and I people come to him and go, what about this, Shabby? And he goes, let me tell you a story about the time that we won two La Liga titles or whatever and then and then they go oh wow and how did you how did you go how did you get around that situation you know what I mean that, that I'd be there I'd be tell, I'd be t- I'd be explaining everything that's what I'd be getting Sabi Alonso to do why have you done that why have you passed that there why is this why is that because I can see more than you on the football field mate <laughs> yeah, is, the, is the honest answer I can see it all happening it's like I'm in the fucking matrix that's why I create space for I myself I see life in bullet time you yeah. see it in fast forward um, yeah now I I, I that would be very, very, very interesting. The the one that you, you mentioned before as well, briefly. You know, we were linked with Mascherano oh, last week. Messi, Messi linked us anyway. Yeah, <laughs> when I saw the whose contracts and stuff were up, I think I said, did I say it last summer? Did I have him on a list? Come with it was players. Okay, but yeah, I, in a heartbeat. He having Mascherano is exactly what our squad is missing. It's another example of what I talked about. It's a guy who loves it. He's a guy who loves playing footy. He's just dead passionate. And he's got loads of the all the experience and blah blah blah. He is exactly what our squad is is lacking. Fight determination. I think Steve Steve tweeted today. He come and still be our best centre half, even though he's two foot tall. I wouldn't play him centre half. I'd put him. I just throw him for those games where we just want a bit more solidity. Throw him in. You might you know. I just throw throw him in the the um, throw, If you have to throw him in centre half, great. Your fortress centre half. Javier Mascherano. Boo. I'd definitely have him as a centre back, mate. Defo. I don't know. It's been years since he played the centre mid. I, I don't know. It's not, but he, he, yeah, he's played a lot. He's played a lot of centre half, hasn't he, over yeah. that over that time? But it's. I'm not sure. I think he'd get killed in the Premier League at, at centre half. Maybe so. Maybe so. But for me, he'd still be better than what we've got. Maybe that, he that, is, and that's, he the, is that, that's the thing. He is also that type of centre half that we talk about a lot that we're totally missing. Throwing in front of the ball. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I think they they're all great suggestions. I think that's. I think there's definitely something to that. 2008-2009 team and looking to people like so maybe it is a, a more involvement for Sammy here because I think he's got a similar thing you know he, he probably carries a similar order with him as well doesn't he but yeah I could get behind that I could get behind any of those suggestions but yeah if you've got more let us know by tweeting at the Redmen TV and put uh, invent a hashtag and then put that in there and then we'll work out we're like what does this hashtag mean and we'll never know So some questions. Andreas Kriazis. 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 Andreas. Should Michael Owen be removed from his position as ambassador or yes. are people overreacting? No. I think I think people are overreacting about this video where he talks about being, being desperate to sign for Man United. 
that when having seen the reaction to it, the reaction I saw to it didn't tally up with the with him. I did maybe it's just because at this point nothing surprises me. The depths of his stupidity when it comes I to not nailing his colours to a mask. I think anymore. he's pretty stupid because I think he was told it's going to go out in Spain and no one will find out. But what he forgot the internet is he spoke in English, but yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, I, I, I would. I think he was thinking it's going out in Spain. It's going to have subtitles. It'll be sound. And then he spoke in English. He's just been told to talk about a specific topic, and he's got no concept of the world around him. He's Chris. This is not the first time he's come out with just some stupid shit since he's been Liverpool ambassador. I think he should be removed as a, as a Liverpool ambassador because he doesn't represent Liverpool Football Club. For me, and here's the thing: this comes back to a similar problem that we, we we've talked about already. That there's a bit of a gap, and I, and that's why Michael Owen is because they've got to find they've got to looking back at Liverpool's players, players who are global brands, which helps promote Liverpool. Players who, because what Liverpool have made a shift towards in the last few years, they've got a certain amount of appearances to fulfil around around the globe you can't be sending your first team players over to Hong Kong every you know during, during the middle of the season there's obviously avenues there's fans all over the world but you can you create a, you create these ambassadorial roles and you can go and do what five times could do really well you can send a team of them over to you know you're not going to you're going to Australia every two years every three years every four years maybe but you can go and send those guys over every year and give people a connection to, to the football club. And I, I do feel like they've gone through. There's like a list, and they've gone. Oh my god, who do we who do we pick from here? And like, look, like I I really like Gary McAllister with the greatest respect to him, but he's been not, not two not years at Liverpool. I mean, for what what a two years it was. But I don't. He's a. Coventry player, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's a Leeds United. He's a Leeds United player. I wouldn't have like Paul. I, I think he'd, I'd have, I'd snap him up for the Masters like Paul Walsh back in the day. But Paul Walsh is maybe more Man City than he is Liverpool. Yeah. That, that that kind of thing. And I think like Michael Owen, they've just gone. Oh, it makes it makes sense. But there's a di- again, it's another one of those things that the club gets wrong a lot. Is that the 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 depth of ill feeling towards Michael Owen is being completely discounted. Like people have gone. Oh, no one will care. It won't matter. It does matter. It does matter. It matters to us here. Mm. I wonder if it does matter as much overseas. Well, you know, he might have been the reason that a lot of fans got into Liverpool Football Club. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's. It's odd, isn't it? Because. I think you're right. I, I wonder. I mean, if I, overseas listeners, let us let us know your thoughts on the Michael Owen ambassadorial thing because you'll have a, a, a you know probably a different viewpoint. To yeah, us. Or maybe yeah, um, but. Let's use Torres as an example of this. Um, I think Torres has rehabilitated himself because he's come. He's thinking, like, Owen's come back and done like charity games at Anfield and been booed, but got on all right. Torres never got booed. Torres just got loved again. I think the fact that he went to Man United makes a big, yeah, make, makes a big difference, and he can explain the the, the circumstances all he wants, but. <laughs> And maybe it's just because of these opportunities were not presented themselves to there's other Liverpool to it, players. There's more but... to it than just the Manchester United stuff, though. That's a massive part of it, of course it is. But the other part is he could have come back to us, and he never. 
that's a big part in it for me as well because he chose Newcastle because he didn't. But I don't know what he didn't wait for us yeah. or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And whether that's true or not, that's what I believe it is. Yeah. Because that's what I was told at the time, and there was rumours about it. And maybe that's wrong, and maybe my opinions but built on a false lie, as it well, were. Well, yeah, this is the so I was saying before. Look, he he's, he's told his side of the story is perfectly fine. I still, I, I with you, I'm still very much of. I think he just could have done with having a bit more bottle. And sticking to his guns a bit more, but inevitably that was Michael Owen in a nutshell. Michael Owen was England's Michael Owen first and foremost, and this is just another thing that doesn't sit well. And again, that's not necessarily his fault. He's always been a driven character. You read about him, Cy Hughes done a great thing in him in uh, the last book, which I forget. Red, no, Red Machine was the first one. Whatever the uh, Ring of Fire. Um, thanks, Cy. Um, you know, where he, where he, he obviously tries to, you know, make amends and all that kind of stuff. Torres comes across. Ten times better for 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 a for a similar thing, but that was what what Owen was. He wanted to be a success. He wanted to be a first teamer. He wanted to be in the England team. He wanted to score goals for England. He wanted to do this and that. And again, this is these the situation. Maybe what I'm saying is, Robbie Fowler didn't play for Man United, but didn't no. would, would Man United have wanted Robbie no, Fowler? No, not at all, because he was he was Liverpool, and he was. You know, but it's, we got Robbie. No, Man City gave us Robbie Fowler because you know the, Robbie Fowler was not in demand. Come the end of his, come the end of his, his career, not at the, the highest level. We were the, the biggest club that was ever going to come come back from. Of course, I don't know. So I don't know what where, how I feel if other people have been given those opportunities. But it just boils down for me again. Michael Owen just doesn't. He never was really. Here you go. Here you go. If he was an ambassador for any of his clubs. Who does he fit more with? I don't think he fits with anyone. Doesn't no England? Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. who he, he would end up yeah. being because he's not a Manchester United player. He wasn't a Real Madrid, and this is maybe maybe very disrespectful. He just wasn't successful enough, unfortunately, to do it to do the Beckham thing because mm. he should be. You're right. He and that's again that's a bit of a shame, and it is sad because I loved Michael Owen when he first broke through to Liverpool. I didn't love him as much as Robbie Fowler, but I, I you know, it's it, it, it's hard. It's easy to forget sometimes because of how much time and the shit that he's he's done subsequently. But you know, we all adored Michael Owen when he broke into the broke into the Liverpool team. But you're right, is that he just needed something else? Personality, probably. Yeah. Um, Different postcode. Well, maybe, but then again, like I said, the be- I mean, I mean, for the Beckham thing, you know, for him to be that. Because he's not a brand, he's not a brand Beckham, is he? You know what I mean, and that's why maybe maybe he's lacking something. So he would be fine for England, better but he's hair. not. Maybe maybe better hair, maybe more slightly more charisma. I don't know what the answer is there, but yeah, I, I, it would be. He doesn't again. Just pause that for me. He doesn't fit as a Liverpool am, am, ambassador. I would rather have someone who just genuinely who genuinely loves it. And genuinely loves the club. Who's an infectious enthusiasm for Liverpool? The, the thing is, is I've, I've not seen him talk about his memories and stuff like some of the ambassadors. I've seen Berger talk. I've seen um, McAteer, McAllister. Lo- loads Cash. of players talk about it. What are Michael Owen's stories? What are he, what are he te- what's he telling? Because it's the FA Cup. It's the FA Cup. But, but I've never heard him talk about it. Yeah, it's true. I, I've heard know, the others. Yeah, I've heard bits and pieces. I've never heard him talk about how much he loves Liverpool. But he's and also, that's what all the other ambassadors do. But he's also the only one who doesn't need the dough. So he doesn't need to be on the circuit, as it were. But if he, he don't you think that if he was an ambassador and he wanted to be an ambassador for Liverpool, he'd talk about the club that he loves? Yeah. 
maybe. But he doesn't love the club, so yeah. he doesn't talk about it. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's a maybe that's a, again. I, I don't I don't know whether that's that or whether, as I say, is that he doesn't because he is who he is. He doesn't need he, he doesn't need. Paulie do just loves golf, mate. Yeah, golf and horses. horses. That's fine for him. Yeah, yeah. As I say, he seems a waste. He's a bit of an empty shell for me in that regard. I get the idea from a business sense of a Michael Owen there because he's recognisable. He's still, you know, Argentina, 98, still willing the, the, the golden ball and all that kind of stuff. He's definitely got... He's definitely and he got, won European Striker of the Year, yeah, European Player of the Year. Yeah, that's what it was at that. He's got... He's got, he's got a brand, again, brand recognition, but... The titles... Yeah, he's got the league title. Get him back in. Maybe he's our running around. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, LFC ZA on with arguably one of the best questions we've ever had on this podcast. If you could change one result in Liverpool FC history, which would it be and why? So my gut instinct on this without thinking about it when I first read the question was severe couple of years ago in the yep. Europa League final because I was there yep. and I really wanted us to win that game yep. of football. But I think there's it's a re- there's there's a lot of depth to this question. There is. Uh, like did you have any other 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 what other what was you what made you pick um, instinctively go with the Europa League final? I I've just never seen Liverpool win in a final live Paul. <laughs> oh yeah. That yeah. Mine was f- 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 I was I I like immediately scanned through the the games at the top of me, top of me brain almost like, and it was ones that were talking about eras and what defined things and changed things. And the two that came to mind with that one absolutely because, I just think of the kickstart it would have given Jurgen Klopp and it just would have given us all a little bit more breathing room. It, I think it would have made the start to this season yeah. more bearable because we've got that we've got that there like what's happening with Man United you know the car unfortunately you can't argue against Man United fans still even though I, do, I think I'm hoping they see in the fullness of time that Liverpool have won a lot of those type of trophies in the last 20 years while they've been winning Premier League titles and they're lovely but we trade I trade I trade the treble in maybe maybe I trade the treble in for Little but anyway the other one is for me is Athens 2007 yeah because six European Cups is better than five European Cups and how much that then sets you up now I know we just don't know how time changes after that because there's the whole Rafa walking the streets of Athens trying to work out what it really needs and he comes up with the solution of I need Fernando Torres and he goes out and does that and that affects him so he can go and build the the, the 08 or 9 team I mean Arsenal Liverpool four four in that in therefore in the 08 or 90s and it could have been different. You could say Liverpool Chelsea in thirteen fourteen just for the vines. Just yeah, just to give you know what yeah. There's quite a there's a personal thing yeah. and there's the Steven Gerrard well, thing there. Yeah, not just to, not just because it would have set us up better for for a title challenge, but because it I just I just think it's that damaged Steven Gerrard's aura a little bit. Steven Gerrard should be absolutely gold-plated on a on a pedestal, and it's annoying that he has to face those idiot-like people who say jokes and like, hurt Slippy G. I hate the fact that a, a legendary footballer, one of the greatest to ever play the game, has been reduced to a fucking meme. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Because of modern, because of modern football. So maybe in that in that regard, there was the there was a right answer for the this right question, answer. and the right answer was a reply from at Copite Pete who said, would reverse the win 
versus Hull FA quarter final 1989 for obvious reason. And the obvious reason for for those who are wondering is we wouldn't have been in the semi final at Hillsborough. Yeah, I mean the only the, the, the I mean from a purely you know personal perspective you know it becomes as you we talked about this becomes that sliding doors moment. You just don't know what would have happened. The only problem with it is that it doesn't. All it all you're effectively doing is swapping 96 Liverpoolian lives for 96 whole fan lives is the, is the mm. only issue with that thing. There's a, I, I, I don't want to lighten the tone on that too much, but there's a, there was, did you ever watch Quantum Leap? Yeah. So there's a, you know, the, the story of a guy who could go back and jumped into people's bodies and he could change events in history to make, to change things for the better. And there's the, the, the JFK, there's like a two or three part episode and effectively, for everything he changes, he puts something something else out, has to go in his place. So it, it, it ends with the story that you know he he, he ends up saving Jackie Kennedy's life, but JFK is always going to go. And that that's the thing for that. So from a pure Liverpool perspective, it's definitely the right answer because my God, think about this city if it hadn't had to go through all that stuff. You think about what, and then from a pure selfish footballing perspective, what Liverpool could have been if they'd done. Well, that's you it. Know, Kenny stays. There's there's so many more well, things that happen after the back. You could that. take it back and you know Liverpool. I don't know who. We we played in the semis, but you think back to Liverpool not getting to the final, uh, not getting to the Heysel final, you know, in eighty in eighty five. And if Liverpool, fa- if it's not Liverpool fans in that situation, do another set of fans act more sensibly, and you know that ends up being a completely different scenario. And then does that mean English teams are not then? But you know, if it's not, if it's a non English team in the final, English teams don't get banned from Europe, and that changes the whole land, the whole landscape. So uh, this is a. This has got book I, or movie written I all would, over it. I would personally take one of the 0809 games mm-hmm. because I think you, I think we finished two points behind Manchester United that season. Uh, I think I'm right in saying that. Is that right? Anybody know? All right. I think, all right, we win the league that season, let's say. Right. And that Rafa Benitez side goes on to achieve more for me. Yeah. And that would be. I would have felt if it was a straight choice between Rogers 13 14 side winning the league and Liverpool winning the league on the Rafa Benitez, I feel like we'd have had greater success afterwards with the Benitez side winning the league. I'd there. have loved because that was the natural progression for that. Brendan Rogers it was like, like four, third, second. Brendan Rogers was just mad because it was like uh, we went from seventh to top effectively. Four points, four was four it? Points, so one game wouldn't have changed. Wouldn't have changed that. What about it was? What did about we drop any points to Man United? That, that, what, the first game? That's, anyway, what about the first game of the next season? Because we, I know we lost three games dead early on, and we it got killed by that. Spare, it was Spurs' was spare, first game or second game? But yeah, we were. Ter- we that could have changed that season in itself because Carragher said after those three losses, that's all all the losses that we we, we conceded last season. Do you know what I mean? And and their heads were gone because they knew they were out of the race almost because that Manchester United side were great and stuff. And then Rafa Benitez wins the league there. The ownership, you don't know what would have happened with the ownership, but that might have changed it as well. If it's crazy, it's yeah. Crazy. That, that I, you know, if there's a way to engineer, and someone might have the mathematical way of working this out that gives Rafa Benitez a title. You're dead right because that was a, a year-on-year progression. We got better and better and better, and unfortunately, we peaked in 08 or 09, whereas that should have been the dust ourselves down and go again the next season even better and stronger, whereas it's all started, the wheels all started to fall off with the, well, as you say, with the ownership stuff there. The Brendan Rodgers thing was like, it, we burned brightly but shortly there. Like I said, we went from seventh to to second uh, over, overnight, and that's weird and unheard of. That... At the time, yeah, well, exactly, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> fucking Leicester, yeah, fucking Chelsea. Um, but the 
yeah, so you don't know whether there was. I still think that the jury's out on whether Brendan Rodgers is genuinely at a top top level manager. I think you know he still has, it's still very much in potential for him. I think he is good. I don't know whether I would have. I just like the fact that we've ended up with Jurgen Klopp. I could have done, I could have, I'd have happily just had Rafa be good for the interim years and then leave and then Jurgen comes and takes over from Rafa to add a new dimension to, to what we do. But yeah, that is a fantastic question. And this is, yeah, I, I, we could do an entire spin-off podcast, I think, on this, which one day, if we have a short on content, maybe we'll revisit this. Um, just quickly then, because we, we've, we've gone longer than I thought we were going to go this week. Uh, David Savalio, no Italy in the World Cup. How do you guys feel about it? I'm not asked. Really? No, I'm not asked. This is like 60-something years. So? For the first time, Italy won't be in a, in a World Cup. So? Okay. Why is everyone asked? Because Italy are a staple of World Cups. Do you, know many, to see. do you know how many games they've won in World Cup finals since they won it in 2006? Go on. One. Really? One. Against England? Against England. Wow. Wait there. That's, no, that, that, that can't be right. Why? So they qualified out the in World the, Cup finals. What? So in in the finals, yeah. But how did they get out of the group that year? They can you can draw, can't you? Did they draw three games? I'm not sure exactly, but that's the that is it. That's how many games they've won. Where did you get that? Twitter. Okay, I'm I, I, I'm skeptical. But the point that what why why is everyone asked? Gianluigi Buffon. He's won it. Yeah, but yeah, look. I just for I me. I just don't understand why people are asked. Because Italy, for me, they seem more asked about it than if England never got in. Yeah, but this, yeah, but this is because Buffon's a great goalkeeper. He's had a great career. He's won loads of fucking stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's had his fill. Yeah, I like. It I was just, it was emotional watching him break down. Yeah, but am I asked that Italy are in the front? No, I'm not going to watch them anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I would though. I, I like. See, I like. What I like about Italy is they always have. They always had that way, historic way of. They're, again, they're they're just a, a great historically great tournament side and you think about the great memories of watching those sides throughout the World Cups go back, go back to 90 and Toto Scalacci and, and 94 and Roberto Baggio and Del Piero and 98 and you know that's and, not so, this Italy side no is no, it? no no of course not but I, I don't know this Italy side exactly but I didn't so know why the, is anyone asked but I didn't know the Italy side then either fucking Chircho Immobile or whatever his name is up front that's definitely his name yeah, fucking but... I like you know what I mean yeah, but no they've... one asked about him they've got but they've, they've, got, got... they've got Benucci and they've got Chiellini and they've got Buffon and they've got uh, Banega is it the right back and stuff like that their defence is fucking class but it didn't stop them shipping loads of goals and not making it yeah. they don't deserve to be there because they couldn't beat Sweden it's in the not, qualifier. Yeah, but, it's not, but this is not a question of whether they deserve or whether they don't deserve. I just don't understand. If you can give me a good reason why you're arsed, genuinely arsed. What, well, what's arsed? Well, th- that's a question. Well, what do you mean? What, what, what's arsed? I'm like, as in like, well, define arsed. Bothered. I think the world, it's like, I can't put, I can't find a good analogy for it, but it, there are just teams that, for me, are synonymous with the World Cup and Italy are one of those teams. They are synonymous. And to not be able to see Italy in a World Cup is just weird. And the fact that we're going to end up with... I mean, look, if Iceland have an amazing tournament, that kind of thing, then great. You know what I mean? These teams that are becoming the the, 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 the new cool teams or whatever. Yeah? But I just... Yeah, I just would have been, just like seeing it. Now, here's the thing. If they'd not... They, you know, the whole winning in 2006 thing... My opinion on this has changed massively because, again, I live thinking about all the match fixing stuff that went on around there. If Italy don't win the World Cup, 
in 2000 it was in 2016 wasn't it yeah. if they don't win the if they don't win that in 2006 it doesn't gloss over all the match fixing stuff that's happened in Serie A at the time and it means that the the clubs that ended up getting a little bit of a free pass on that because there's again the thing that wound me up around that going back to Liverpool AC Milan should never have been in the yeah, yeah, 2007 yeah. because they started that season in Serie B where they were meant to start it and by the time the season rolled around they kind of go oh it's a bit oh it's fine and then put them in they got back and, they, and they started in Serie A and they started in the Champions League and because and I just I still contend to this day it's because everyone was just so buzzing with the World Cup that it was like oh forget it come on let's just go on. oh you scamps go on carry on back as you were as you were carry on um, but no I'm like I say I I, my feeling of it is it's not asked. It's not about. It's not about. Am I gutted? Am I devastated? No, but it's weird for me to not have to not have it in. I'm, it's yeah. I, it's I, strange it's, because it hasn't happened in yeah, our lifetime, it's, Paul. It's, but it's, am I asked? No, not fucking asked. Yeah, they're Italy. Yeah. So what? I mean, I just, it's just, why I just, you don't, so, see, but, but I just why, don't see why but, people are fucking but, bothered. But here's the thing, you are like, aggressively not asked. By people fucking spamming me timeline with the fucking poster of Buffon. I've seen him before. Yeah. Like I said it was really emotional, but I just don't understand why people... But why, you, like, but why are you what, so aggressively not asked? Because of everybody else so being fucking asked. So John Reed says, best animated sitcom. Rick and Morty for me. Um. <sighs> Time will tell on Rick and Morty. I really like it, but I, I wonder whether in a, in a two years' time. I loved Archer probably more than anything recently. I got, I grew out of that a bit. Like I loved the first two series of that. It's very very good. But is it is it the best animated sitcom? I always thought South Park was probably the wittiest. South Park is is, is South Park still good, which is the good which is the good thing. South Park it. and Matt Stone are just fucking killers. Absolutely. If you could delete every episode of The Simpsons after like series twelve, that's you, a lot of series. That's more than you. That's kept. more than you get probably at this point. Um, it's definitely The Simpsons. Venture Brothers is really good. Thundercats was boss. Thundercats is, holds up surprisingly well, as does the real Ghostbusters. Dungeons and Dragons as well. But these Love are not Dungeons and Dragons, not sitcoms as such. Um, so you're talking Futurama, Family Guy, South Park, I did love Family Guy. Family Guy is another one that if you could delete everything after series five of that, probably. Um, I think I, I'll stick with Archer because that's the one that's made me belly laugh more than the others over recent times. South Park, I go with South Park just because again, I don't, I don't really watch any of them anymore. But I, it, the turnaround time and the fact that it's managed to stay current and satirical. And I love the fact that the Channel Four did that countdown of the best hundred cartoons or whatever it was, and they did the whole the Simpsons did it thing, and how they just hate the Simpsons because the, the writers sat in a room going, "What about this?" And someone just goes, "The Simpsons did it. The Simpsons did it." And they're like, "Fuck off and go, go away." So let some other people make some cartoons, which is hilarious because think about how long South Park's been around. We were eleven when South Park started started air, and that's terrifying. <laughs> It's mad, isn't it? I still think of it as being quite new. <laughs> Family Guy, we were 17 when that started. Fucking hell. Yeah. Madness. Um, yeah, let us know your answers to How any old of these were things. when Raw started? Raw. Ooh. Is it still the longest running weekly episodic sports entertainment show on broadcast? I'm amazed that you remember that. Um, <laughs> how many takes it took me to get that right on that video I did back in the day? Um, yeah, probably. Um, but there's, there's, there are... 
caveat to it, I think, which I don't care about. Um, Raw started in the mid nineties, I think like ninety six, wow. maybe. Yeah. Raw Monday Night Raw, Raw as War, etc., etc. The War Zone, if you will. Uh, yes. Anyway, let us know your answers to anything that we've discussed by tweeting at the Redmen TV, by email and interact at the Redmen TV for some long form stuff. Uh, if you're on the website, you can use the comments box underneath the post. If you've watched the video version of it, hello. And so on. Um, yeah, stop being asked about Italy. Everyone stop being asked about it. <laughs> you stop being asked about people being asked about Italy. I will if you will. <laughs> no one will remember come the summer. <laughs> no one will remember or care. Um, but yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much. As mentioned on every single one of these things, if you're in a position to review this podcast on iTunes or Acast or Stitcher or Podbean, are we on there? Who cares? Um, if you can give we a five-star review, whatever, man. Whatever you find those right ratings. We've had two comments on Podbean, I think. Great. I get emails. Quality. Uh, yeah, five-star five, five star reviews always help with the old algorithm. We want to make this the best Liverpool podcast going, so your help would be immense with that. Once again, thanks very much for helping with the award. Go to redmentv.com if you want more great Redmen radio podcasts, final words, Reds news roundups, and a whole heap more Lucas Laver exclusive interviews. Boss, Ooh. boss, boss. Mm. Um, thanks. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Paul. Go back to your deathbed. Slash. Your emails. Um, <laughs> walk on. <laughs>